are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnYankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at StaceGots. My display name right now is StaceBallCrank, for good reason. We'll talk about that later in the episode. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, which will just be me yelling about the Yankees for about 15 minutes. Okay, not really, but... Maybe. We'll see how I feel. If I had recorded this last night right after the game, it definitely would have just been me yelling. But now that I've slept and calmed down a little bit, it won't be as bad as it would have been last night. So yeah, this episode will be about last night's game. We'll preview tonight's game and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So let's start with a recap of last night's game. Things started off well for the Yankees after DJ LeMayhew ground out. Luke Voigt hit a first pitch home run, and then Aaron Hicks followed that up with a home run of his own and gave the Yankees a quick 2-0 lead. Of course, nothing lasts forever, and if you've been watching the Yankees for the past few weeks, you know that leads don't last. In the bottom of the first, the Jays got one back after a Rowdy Tellez double off Jordan Montgomery, who had no command last night. Bottom of the second, Travis Shaw hits a double. Santiago Espinal hits a single that scores Shaw to tie the game. So it's 2-2 at that point. The Yankees go up 3-2 in the top of the fourth, thanks to a Miguel and Duhar home run, his first since, I believe, the date was September 27th, 2018. In the top of the fifth, the Yankees score two runs, thanks to a Clint Frazier double. In the top of the sixth, they score on a bases-loaded walk, and they had a chance to do more damage in that inning, but they didn't. But you're thinking maybe with a four-run lead, there's a chance the Yankees might win. But then you're also thinking it's only the bottom of the sixth, and it's a nine-inning game, not a seven-inning game. And with the way the bullpen is looking lately, anything can happen. And the bottom of the sixth was a show. Let's relive it, shall we? (laughs) Chad Green comes in to replace Jonathan Holder, and Jonathan Holder did a pretty good job last night. He actually held the lead, unlike Chad Green and Adam Ottavino. So things got started with a 10-pitch walk from Chad Green to Santiago Espinal. I'm sure I said his name different five minutes ago, but forgive me. Danny Jansen flied out for out number one. Kevin Biggio walked. Randall Grichik hit a single that loaded the bases. Rowdy Tellez reached on a fielding error by Luke Voigt that allowed Espinal to score. Biggio made it to third, Grichik to second. Adam Adovino comes in to replace Chad Green. Vlad Guerrero hits a single that scores both Biggio and Grichik. Tellus makes it to third. 
While Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is up, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. steals his first career base. Good job, Adam Adovino. Gurriel singles, that scores Tellez. Then while Jonathan Villar is up, Gurriel Jr. steals second base. <sighs> Travis Shaw singles. Vladimir Guerrero scores. Lourdes Guriel scores. Jonathan Villar gets to third. Pinch runner Joe Panic comes in to replace Espinal. Joe Panic walks to load the bases, then Danny Jansen hits a grand slam. Is this rock bottom? This has to be, right? Giving up 10 runs in an inning when you're up by four runs and then you're down by six runs and you end up losing the game by five runs. That has to be rock bottom. Then again, it's 2020. And who the hell knows if this, oh, this might not even be rock bottom, even though it feels like it. I saw a tweet from a young person asking about the 1990 Yankees and if watching the 2020 Yankees is like watching the 90 Yankees. No. The frustrating thing about the 2020 Yankees is that they're way more talented than the 1990 Yankees were. The 1990 Yankees weren't expected to do much. The 2020 Yankees were at least expected to make the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The thing that's bothering me, my voice keeps, why does my voice keep doing this? I apologize. I don't know why it's doing that. Anyway, the thing that's annoying me right now is there does not seem to be a sense of urgency from the Yankees at all. Do they know that it's a 60 game season and that they only have like 20 games left? And if they keep playing the way they're playing, they may give the Yankees their first losing season since um, I was in high school. In just a few moments, I'll be previewing tonight's matchup and talking about any pertinent Yankees news that I can find. But let's talk about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Tonight, the Yankees are right back at it against the Blue Jays in Buffalo with Jay Happ getting the start for the Yankees and Taiwan Walker getting the start for the Blue Jays. I'm reading this directly off MLB.com, so bear with me. Happ said that he pitched much better than the box score indicated after permitting four runs and eight hits to the Mets over five innings on Thursday. In his previous start on August 29th, he held the Mets to three hits in seven and one-third scoreless frames. This is the thing that makes me crazy with J-Hap. He's always saying things like, well, 
I pitched much better than the box score makes it seem, or I felt really good tonight, but the results just weren't there. And then he wonders why the Yankees want to skip his starts, although they can't now. They have no choice but to pitch him. Hap's opponent tonight is Taiwan Walker, who came over from the Mariners to the Blue Jays. This will be his third start for Toronto. This will be the third time he's faced the Yankees in his career. He's 0-2 with a 3.95 ERA against them, but let me guarantee something. With the way the Yankees have been playing lately, I know they scored six runs last night, but I could see the lineup getting shut down by Taiwan Walker, can't you? Even worse, watch Hap do an okay job pitching, and maybe he holds the Blue Jays to two runs, and the Yankees only score one. So the Yankees keep talking about how everything is frustrating. You know, it's frustrating that the bats aren't getting going. It's frustrating that the bullpen sucks. I feel as if someone needs to get fired up because they're looking lethargic. And as I said earlier, there's no sense of urgency from these guys when they're talking in their post-game interviews. They're just talking about how frustrating it is and that they should have a short memory and turn the page and do all that good stuff. But... You have 20 games left. You're fighting to make the playoffs because at this point, you're going to be tumbling out of the playoffs and not even making them, which would be so embarrassing. I kind of wanted Boone to go... Oh, I almost said the F word. Sorry. (laughs) I kind of wanted Boone to go crazy last night at some point and just flip out and fire up the team a little bit like he did with his Savages in the Box rant. But there's not even a sense of urgency from him. And I said this when I recorded last week with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. And by the way, I predicted that the Orioles would win three out of four. Oh, sometimes I really hate being right. Anyway, I explained how this year is obviously different than last season with it only being 60 games. But I also mentioned that I had said before the season began way back in the winter and before the COVID-19 thing started, that if the Yankees had the same injury issues, it wouldn't be the same as 2019. You can't expect the guys covering for the hurt guys to do as well as they did in 2019. 2019 was an outlier. That just doesn't happen, okay? Teams don't have 30 guys go on the IL and still win 103 games. It just, and it can't be repeated Obviously, it's not going to be repeated in a 60-game season, but the Yankees needed a better plan coming into 2020 when they thought it was going to be a 162-game season. And they let the trade deadline go by this season and not do anything, even though they obviously needed to do something. They lost Tommy Canely to Tommy John surgery. The bullpen wasn't doing that great leading into the trade deadline, and they've done really horribly since the trade deadline. So I don't know why Cashman and Steinbrenner were sitting on their hands, but this is bad. They are bad right now. It is horrible watching them. It's frustrating watching them. It's disheartening watching them. They can't keep any leads lately. You have a four-run lead going into the bottom of the sixth inning and you can't hold it? Not even for that inning? And it would be something... Else, if the guys getting beaten constantly were guys like Holder and Sessa, because you were kind of expected. But when you have Chad Green and Adam Ottavino doing it, 
it makes it so much worse. They're your top tier bullpen guys, and they should be trusted to hold on to a four-run lead. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was thinking about this last night. It feels as if the Yankees are missing CC Sabathia's presence in their clubhouse because I don't think they'd be doing this horribly if CC was still on the team because he would have ripped them a new butthole at some point. Can you picture CC Sabathia just sitting back and allowing this kind of funk to happen to the Yankees? No, he would have been throwing things around the locker room at some point. And I hate to even say this, but I think Joe Girardi also would have done the same thing at some point. He would have lost his mind and started throwing things. Honestly, someone needs to light a fire under their collective ass because, again, there seems to be no sense of urgency and it's almost as if they don't remember that it's a 60-game season and they only have about 20 games left and they're tumbling out of the playoffs. Do they know they're tumbling out of the playoffs? Did anyone tell them? Because it doesn't seem as if they know this at all. So again, tonight... Jay Happ against Taiwan Walker. It's another 637 start, so that means the game will end earlier and our misery will end earlier. I have some time, so let's look back at 20 years ago today. The Yankees beat the Red Sox, hey, in Fenway Park. Roger Clemens was your starter for the Yankees, obviously. Tomo Oka, who I don't even remember, started for the Red Sox. The Yankees won this game 4 nothing. The Red Sox had two errors. That probably didn't really help, did that? No. Um, David Justice had a home run for the Yankees. Derek Jeter had two stolen bases. He was hit by a pitch. Jose Canseco hit a double. Yeah, the 2000 team is funny when you think of who was on the team. And 25 years ago tonight, which was a Friday, the Yankees beat the Red Sox in Yankee Stadium, and the Red Sox were much better than the Yankees that year. The Red Sox at this point in the season were 76 and 46. The Yankees were 62 and 61. If you recall, 1995 was the first wild card year. The start time was 8.08 on a Friday. Why so late? I wonder. This is an interesting box score. So it was 8-4 Yankees. The Yankees only had five hits. The Red Sox had seven. And the Yankees had three errors. Let's see who did that. Bernie Williams made one. Tony Fernandez made two. Daryl Strawberry hit a home run. Mike Stanley hit a home run. Wade Boggs had a double. Paul O'Neill had a double and a sacrifice fly. So the pitchers, David Cohn got the win. He pitched seven and one-third innings. Gave up four runs on seven hits, but he struck out 10, didn't walk anyone. Tim Wakefield picked up the loss. He gave up five runs on two hits in six innings. He walked seven, struck out five, gave up the two home runs. Wow. And the time of game was only two hours and 40 minutes. Maybe that's why they started it at 8.08. Back then, managers didn't make as many pitching changes as they do now, or at least it seemed that way. If you go back 15 years, the Yankees lost to the Devil Rays 7-4, which is kind of embarrassing. 2005 was the season when the Yankees had two separate innings in two separate games in which they scored 13 runs against the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. One game in April, one game in June. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. 
And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow.